Well, we're going to go back to the book of Job. We have been out of our series in the book of Job for several weeks uh, through, the, through the holiday season and all, but we're going to go back to the book of Job, Job chapter 28. We're already to Job chapter 28. We're doing good, aren't we? Come on. 19 messages already in Job 28. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. I'm glad that Brother Danny's here sitting behind Brother Brett. He'll keep Brother Brett awake this whole service. He is, uh, he is uh, good at that. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Brett. Not really, but you know. Job 28, verse number 1. Follow along with me. I'm going to try to read through here quickly, but follow along in this. Surely there is a vein for the silver and a place for the gold where they find it. Iron is taken out of the earth, and brass is molten out of the stone. He setteth an end to darkness, and searcheth out all perfection, the stones of darkness, and the shadow of death. The flood breaketh out from the inhabitant, even the waters forgotten of the foot. They're dried up, they're gone away from men. As for the earth, out of it cometh bread, and under it is turned up as it were fire. The stones of it are the place of sapphires, and hath dust of gold. There is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eyes hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. He putteth, his feet, uh, put, he putteth forth his hand upon the rock. He turneth the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth the light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth said, It is not in me. And the sea saith, It is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx, or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it. And the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close from the fowls of the air. Destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. And he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven to make the weight, uh, to make the weight for the winds. And he weigheth the waters by measure. When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it, and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and he searched it out. And unto men... Unto man, he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Uh, If you'll leave your Bible open there, we're not going to visit every verse, but we're going to visit some of it as we go through here. And I just titled a message, No Answers? Seek God. Let's pray and we'll go for it. Father, just one last time, we ask for divine direction in everything we say and do, that power that can only come from you, clarity of thought and of speech. Lord, help me to be clear in my speech tonight. 
Father, help me. Just, just guide me. As I open my mouth, you feel it, that your perfect will would be done. Thank you for the opportunity to meet tonight. Thank you for the good crowd that's out on this cold, rainy night. I pray that you would feed them. You would feed them by your word, Lord, and we'd walk out of here closer to you. And we'll give you thanks for it. We ask it all in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the word of God. And please do be seated. Well, Job and his friends, his friends, quote unquote, they've been arguing back and forth. His friends are just absolutely convinced that uh, Job's a wicked sinner. He's got some wicked sin hidden in his life. And because of that, all of this uh, trial has fell upon him. He lost his health. He lost his children. He lost all of his wealth. His wife's mad at him. Said, why don't you just curse God and die? Uh, He's got boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He's sitting in an ash pile down the middle of town with a broken piece of pottery trying to scrape that stuff off. And then his friends come, and he's thinking, man, some great encouragement. Well, it didn't turn out quite that way. They've been blasting him over and over, and he's been giving them answers. And it's gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And uh, uh, Job has been responding to Bildad, this last response, and goes on. And really at there at the end of verse uh, chapter number 27, going into verse uh, chapter 28 where we did tonight, uh, everyone was probably waiting for Zophar to speak up to say something. At this point, after, after Job's response to Bildad, and it doesn't happen at like that at all. So far, he, he doesn't say a thing at all. And truly, that seems odd from a human standpoint, I guess. I mean, for the most part, uh, people are, from a human t- standpoint, I mean, uh, it, it, people are, are prone to want to answer in such an instance as that, even though they may not have much to say. Isn't that so? I mean, to inject what they want to say at that point, but, but, but we would have to attribute that to them wanting to do so that, something like that uh, to having the wisdom of this world. The book of James teaches us that there are two types of wisdom. There's that wisdom that comes from above, and then there's the wisdom of this world. James 3.13 says, Who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now there's a big difference According to what the Bible says, the Word of God says, there's a big difference in the wisdom of this world and the wisdom that comes from God. And Job has a lot to say about that in this passage of Scripture. So we've come to the end of the discussion of Job and his friends. I mean, Job continues on here. Uh, There's still not a lot of solid answers as to why Job has had to go through everything that he has had to go through. There's been a lot of argument about it again, but there's no conclusion, have not come to any conclusion. Zophar has nothing more to say, which has brought Job to this conclusion, if you will. When we don't have answers that we need, it it does not do any good to keep uh, looking for answers from ourselves. When we don't have the answers that we need, it doesn't do us one bit of good to just continue to try to find the answers in ourselves or from ourselves. 
if I could just come up with something, maybe if I just, maybe if I just meditate hard enough on everything that's going on. No, when we don't have answers that we really need, it doesn't do a lot of good to continue to just try to find the answer on our own because usually what that turns into is worry and fretting and ulcers <laughs> and nervous breakdown. I mean, it's not good. It's not good at all. So at that point, we need that wisdom from above that we read about in James, in the book of James. And I really believe there's uh, three things we can learn from this chapter about a man's need for God's wisdom. As Job continues to talk here, he's talking about this earth, and he's talking about how men uh, value the things of the earth, and, and how, how they uh, are industrious, and, 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 and how that they continue to try to get everything they can out of this earth. And really, in verses 1 through 12, and we'll visit it a little bit through here, but we see that there, what, what we have to draw, the conclusion we have to draw out of this when looking at this first part is that there is no power on earth that can produce God's wisdom. We can't produce God's wisdom. Now, we need godly wisdom, but we cannot produce God's wisdom. Job seems to have a very good view of humana- uh, humanity, if you will. And as to what they can physically accomplish in this world. And they can and will do just about anything. Man, man can and will do just about anything when it's thought that there's something of material value to gain. They're willing to work hard. They're willing to study. They're willing to strive. They're willing to do all these things. And so Job really talks about, if you will, the superiority of, of the human race. Uh, and here's what uh, man has discovered. Verse number one again. Surely there is a vein for the silver and a place for gold where they find it. Iron is taken out of the earth and brass is molten out of the stone. So he said, surely there is, uh, you know, there's places where metal, where ore can be dug up from the earth. And there also is a process whereof that they can use to refine such metal and then to use it for profit. Uh, and, 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 and what man will do is this with something like that. They'll do whatever it takes to get it. Come on, they'll do whatever it takes to get it. Come on, think about the gold rush days and think about everything that's going on. So man can get down and get what they need and, and process these things and gold and silver and even, even, uh, just metal to, to make, uh, uh, weapons of defense and things like that. I mean, he talks about man's intelligence in verse three. He setteth an end to darkness and searcheth out all perfection, the stones of darkness and the shadow of death. He, he, he when confronted with darkness, when confronted with the shadow of death, I mean, the possibility of dying in the process of, of, of doing these things so that they can have these precious metals and all, he finds a way to overcome it. I mean, no, no, the thinking is going on. I mean, they're thinking about how can I do this? And it goes on. And he talks about man's resourcefulness. Verse uh, number four, and following the flood breaketh out from the inhabitant. Even the water's forgotten out of the foot. They're dried up. They're gone away from men. As for the earth, out of it cometh bread, and under it is turned up as were fire. So he drills wells. He drills wells, and he diverts the water to his crops. And he plows up the soil, and he works the ground to produce food and feed his family. 
I mean, he, he, he does all of these things. He digs down in the earth and he mines these precious metals and he mines these precious stones and he does whatever it has to do. And that takes courage to do that. I mean, it takes courage to do that type of work. Uh, the way he's talking about verse number seven, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a path which no fowl knoweth and which the vulture's eyes hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. So in pursuing the treasures in the earth, men are willing to go places that neither birds nor beasts have ever seen. They're they're willing to dig down. They're willing to do these things, whatever it takes, uh, because uh, of the power and, and the vision of man. Now you think about it. Now back in Job's time when they did things like that, I can't even imagine the labor that went into it, Brother Nick. I mean, truly, even to dig Jacob's well. You ever think about that? I mean, man, that took a lot of work, digging through stone. And they had that. They had tools. They had hand tools. And that's what they dug with. And near now in the 21st century, we've come a lot further than that, haven't we? Come on, because we want to continue to do these things. And we want to continue to to mine, and we want to continue to farm, and we want to continue to do all these different things. It talks about that in in verses 9 through 11 without reading it all again. He he cutteth out the rivers, he putteth forth his hand upon the rock, overturned the mountains by the roots, he bindeth the floods from overflowing. I mean, we have invented machines that can cut through mountains. I mean, completely through mountains. I mean, because, I mean, it, it, it's advantageous to us. And we've made passageway, passageways through rivers. I mean, we can, make, we can do that where we can drive right through. And we've built huge dams that hold back waters from flooding towns and from flooding cities. I mean, the knowledge that has gone on, the work that has gone on. And we have brought to light things that no one ever believed that we would see. And it just goes on and on, doesn't it? What, what man has done as far as knowledge and, and pursuing these things and working hard and, and producing food and all of those things. One Bible commentator said, <clears throat> excuse me, that Job exalts man or Job exalts him, mankind, as a man, uh, come on, brain, mouth. Job exalts him, mankind, as a mind and spirit created in the image of God. Come on, I'm going to tie this together. Don't, don't, don't lose me. <clears throat> Let me explain just a little bit. When, when we study human history, we really see a very amazing story of man's pursuit to discover and tame and utilize uh, the resources of this earth to benefit mankind. I mean, truly, go, I mean, no, it's an amazing thing how they started with sticks and whatever, just to dig and farm and whatever. And what the place we've come to today where we can cut right through mountains and do all those spectacular things the way we farm in all today. But do you know why? Do you know why that's happened from the very beginning up to now where the machines just get better and better and bigger and better and all? Do you know why? I can tell you exactly why. It's because God placed in us a desire to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. So right there in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Male and female created he them. Male and female created him them. You just got to hammer that every once in a while today. Amen. People are so confused about that. I don't want anybody to be confused that male and female created he them. I don't have time to preach that tonight anyway. Verse 28. And God blessed them. 
And God said unto them this, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Across the centuries, men have discovered how to cross oceans. They have discovered how to climb to the highest peaks. They have discovered how to make their way through the deepest jungles. They have, deci- they have uh, 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 discovered how to go down into the ocean depths and even break free of the gravity of this earth and explore the mysteries of space. God instilled those types of things in us when he created man. And there are those that continue to discover ways to harness energies and to use natural resources out there that we have been given to advance our industrial abilities in the areas of communication and medicine and power and so very much more. Now we have to realize that that God is the one that leads in all of this, but he is the one that instilled that want to into us. And man in his resolve, because God did instill that, we've moved forward. We've gone on to do these, these things. The point of all of this is that when men are resolved to use what they have been given to achieve something they desire, there seems to be no limit to what can be done physically. It's an amazing thing, truly. Some of the machines they have out there, uh, so many different things. There seems to be no limit as to what can be done physically. But there are limits to human brilliance. Look at verse number 12. It says, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? So despite, of all, uh, despite all of man's uh, industrious desires, one thing that this cannot deliver to him is godly wisdom. Men may be able to tell you where to go to find treasures on this planet. If you go here and dig, if you go here and, and mine here and do these things. But the one thing that they will never discover in this earth, in this earth, is godly wisdom. And I'm here to tell you tonight, that's the thing that mankind needs the most. It's what keeps us headed in the right way. It's what keeps us from... Um, Blowing a fuse when we realize that we can't uh, control everything that goes on. It's what keeps us from going on a rampage and uh, helps us to trust God when things like what is going on in the United States of America right now is going on, that we can trust God. We are supposed to cast all of our care upon Him because He cares for us. We are to be careful for nothing. But by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known unto God. We're not supposed to be full of care about those things. But we need godly wisdom that we would work that way and that we would go that way. And the thing about godly wisdom is that you can't put a price tag on it. You you can't put a price tag on it. Look at verse number 13. I believe that's right. Yes, verse 13. Man knoweth not the price thereof neither is it found in the land of the living um we know we know that it's valuable godly wisdom we know it's valuable 
But no one can put a price tag on godly wisdom. The, the real problem, someone has once said, the real problem is that man doesn't comprehend the price of wisdom and thinks he can get it cheaply. Godly wisdom. And because this wisdom, the wisdom of this sort, cannot be obtained in the land of the living, that's what it says there in verse 13, what we tend to do as human beings is we tend to place a higher value on substitutes for wisdom that can be more easily acquired. What, what are you talking about, preacher? Oh, you know, things like um, science, education, technology, leadership. And it's not that those things aren't important. But it's something that if someone works hard enough, they can acquire on their own. Come on, you can go to an institute of higher learning and you can learn about science. And you, you can learn, uh, get, get an education and about technology and leadership. All these things, there's all those books out there. Mercy sakes alive. You go to a big established library that's been there for a while and thousands upon thousands of books with all types of knowledge in them. And if somebody is studious enough, somebody wants to put in enough effort, they can study just about anything, can't they? And they can learn to do just about anything, can't they? To an extent, absolutely. <clears throat> and so they tend to put a value on those types of things because if they work hard enough, they can get it. The value of God's wisdom, though, because it is of great value, the value of God's wisdom makes it worth whatever it might cost us to get it. Please don't miss this. Please stay with me. I'm headed somewhere. It makes it worth whatever it might cost us for us to get it. You know, if we really, if we valued wisdom more, if we really valued godly wisdom more, even if it were buried deep in the ground like coal or copper or things like that, or even if it was down in the depths of the ocean, people would do whatever it took to get it. They'd do whatever it took to get it. But it's not there. If, if, if men placed more value on wisdom, they would be happy. Truly, to give the treasures of this earth to buy it. But it cannot be bought at any, at any price. You can't buy it. You can't study enough to get it. Come on, wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. And when we're talking about godly wisdom, we're talking about the proper application of this book. The knowledge that God gives us to live a life the way that God would have us to live. To handle situations the way that God would have us to handle them. To go in the way that God would have us to go. We need His wisdom for His direction, for His leading, for, I mean, for everything in the Christian life, in, in our life, in our marriages, in our child raising, in our jobs, everything that we do. 
we need the proper application of this knowledge. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 13 says this, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Wisdom, that wisdom from above. If you could, uh, if you could buy wisdom, or, or if you could do something even to earn wisdom, really there would be no cost that would be too great to get it. That's how bad we need it. I said, no, no, no. I mean, you couldn't put a price tag on it. Whatever it costs you to get it, be worth paying. However much work you had to do to get it, be worth working to get this godly wisdom. I really do believe, and I'm going to continue on. I've only, I've, only got, I've only got three points in this message. I've already hit two. I don't know. Y'all looking at me like that doesn't mean anything. Really, it doesn't mean a lot. I'm telling you, I really believe that there's a lot, a lot of failure in Christian lives today, believers' lives today, because we do not have the wisdom of God. We just try to operate or read the Bible and try to make it work or whatever the case may be. But I'm telling you, to, to, make, it, to make it work the way that God intended for it to work, we need God's wisdom. And He gives us the proper application of His book. And certainly we, are, we know there's only one way to get that. We're going to get on to that. But I really believe if, if our young people would learn this early, that it would help them for the rest of their lives. And some of us older folks too, if we would, uh, if we would practice more in having that godly wisdom, we would probably do better in areas of our life. And it's, 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 it's very, very valuable to any believer. But the only place that you can get godly wisdom is from God. It's the only place. If it is so that godly wisdom is essential to our lives, lives and of a great value, where do we begin to search for this wisdom? Well, we have to resolve that only God knows where to find it. Only God. Only God. Um, we can't buy it. We see that in verses 15 through 19. It talks about all the different things. Can't get it with gold. Can't get it with silver. They're not going to even mention pearls and, and coral. And, and the price of it is far above rubies. All of that. So what do we do? Look at verse 20. It says, Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close from the fowls uh, uh, of the air. Destruction and death say, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole earth. To make the weight of the winds, and he weighed the waters by measure. When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning, uh, for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it, declare it. He prepared it. Yeah, he searched it out. Searched it out. 
see, here's the thing, and here's what he, here's what he just said. There, there's not a living creature that has laid eyes on the place where wisdom is found. It's not like, well, I just need to search it out. No, 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 no. He, he just said it. Nobody's seen that place. There's, there's not anybody that's seen that. No, no, he said this. You can go as high as a bird can fly or even higher, and you'll not be able to see it from those heights. And, and you can travel the paths of destruction and death, but you'll not find wisdom there, what he said. God knows the way that leads to wisdom. You know why he knows the way? He goes on. You know why? Verse 24. He's omniscient and omnipresent. That means he knows all and sees all. God knows where it's at. We need to listen to him. No, no, no. We need to trust him. Well, I know what the Bible says, but if I just... No, no, stop, 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 stop. See, you start, you start adding that manly wisdom, that earthly wisdom to try to find godly wisdom. It doesn't work that way. Well, I tell you, you know, preacher, reading that Bible is really tough, but I got this book from this latest Christian author out there, and he tells me if I do this and I do that, that everything, let me stop you right there. I'm not against, I'm not against reading. I'm not against reading. I've got a whole huge library there in my office. I'm not against reading. I think that we should read. But I'm telling you, if we're going to seek after God and what God wants for us, we're going to find it in that Bible. Not in somebody else's book. It's just true. I'm telling you, no, no. If if we get if we get to a place where we we just we we're 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 searching. I mean, we want to know, we want to know what God is doing, or we want to know what God wants us to do, or whatever the case may be. You're not going to find that in some self help book out there. You'll find it in this book as you as you pray. and as you read and meditate on this and let God speak to your heart. I'm telling you, this book has the answers. God knows where to find that. He knows where to find it. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Knows all. He sees all. But verse 25 and 26 says he's omnipotent. That he's all-powerful. That all the forces of nature exist by him. And it wouldn't exist at all if it wasn't for him. We have to remember that he's God. He's alive and well. He's not aged He's not grayed out, I'm telling you. He's still as powerful as he's ever been. No, from the time that he created this world and put life on it, I'm telling you, he's still that very same God. That's him. It is he that prepared his wisdom for man's benefit and has proven that wisdom um, and its worth to our lives, it says there in verse 27. He prepared it. He said. He declared it. Proverbs 8.22 says this, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way before His works of old. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or every the earth was. When there were no depths I was brought forth, when there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth, While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the uh, the clouds above. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. When uh, When he appointed the foundations of this earth. Then was I by him, as one brought up with him. 
And I I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of this earth. And my delights were in the sons of men. I'm telling you, there may, wisdom has always been with God. And he is the one that has it and can supply us with it. And there may be only one place to get this wisdom. But you don't have to swim the oceans of the sea for it. And you don't have to dig down in the depths of the earth for it. And you don't have to travel around the world to get it. No, 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 no. James 1.5 again says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. That's our God. That's our Heavenly Father. That's the one that wants us to be victorious in our Christian living while we're here. And wants to guide us through everything. Well, preacher, man, that sounds great. It is great. I'm telling you, I'm just going to start asking. You should. On a regular basis. At least once a day. Usually it's many times a day, but at least once a day. But i got to stop for a second. Because there is a key. To getting it. You mean besides asking? Follow along with me here. Look at verse 28. It says, And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. So really the access to this wisdom is through the fear of the Lord. God, I, I, your Bible says if I just ask for I want wisdom so I can live any way I want to. That doesn't even make good sense. Come on. <laughs> no, no. That does not even make good sense. That we would ask for godly wisdom just so we can keep living in any way we want to live. And that God's going to give us His wisdom for that? No. See, having the wisdom of, of God starts having the right attitude towards God. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to... No, no, listen to this. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. And the evil way. And the froward mouth. The fear of the Lord. Look. The, 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 oh boy, well, yeah, yeah. We have to have a loving reverence for the person of God. He is God. He's not man. And we have to have a loving reverence for Him. For Him. And if we have a, really have a loving reverence for Him, which by the way, He is a holy God, then it's going to cause us to not have this, necessarily to not have this trembling fear 
of God, but a reverence of God that if I am going to seek Him, a holy God, then I need to clean up my act. And to do that, I can't do it on my own, so I will ask for His wisdom that He will show me out of His book how I can have victory in these areas. Oh, come on, the proper application of knowledge. That God would give us that wisdom. The fear of the Lord is going to include a reverence for His power. I mean, He's able to do what no man can do. He's the God of all creation. Come on, He saved your soul. And He can change your life. And it's certainly what He wants to do. But the fear of the Lord should also include a reverence for God's truth. For His Word. He proclaims to us in this book, what He does proclaim to us in this book will come to pass. And that's whether we're talking about future events, like the rapture or the second coming, or we're talking about, please listen to me, or we're talking about the uh, consequences that we will pay when we get out of His will. No, what He says will come to pass. And so we have a reverence for His book. It is the Word of God. It is precious in our sight. I mean, it gives us the answers to everything we need. I'm telling you, we need to learn to love it and read it. We need to learn to desire it. We need to learn to, to, to drink deeply of it. We need to learn to feed upon it. I'm telling you, we, we need to learn to love and reverence this book like we never have before. <clears throat> I've said it so many times, but it's true. Millions of people died so we can have this in our hands. I mean, God allowed that to happen, Miss Brenda, Brenda, that we could have this book in our hands. And it's given me answers in life. I don't, I'm, it's just amazing. And always right on time. Direct our lives. Help us to be what He wants us to be. Help us to make help to make us the best Christian that we can be. See, when we begin to apply God's wisdom to our lives, it will cause us to reject the evil of this world. Okay, <clears throat> there's only one place to get wisdom. That's from God. We know that. So we ask for wisdom because we want to be able to properly apply the knowledge he's given us with his book. And uh, I know that you're a reader of the Bible, so if you've read the Bible, you understand that God hates the evil way. So if we have his wisdom, we begin to get his wisdom, he is going to cause us to want to go a different way. He's going to cause us to want to reject the evil of this world. But that's our God. That's, that's, that's the way that He is. He gives us victory. He saves us by His grace. He changes us by His grace. Wisdom shuns evil and it produces godliness. Um, wisdom produces purity, but sin leads to stupidity. One of my favorite uh, quotes of Bible man is sin makes you stupid. 
It's just a fact. Wisdom produces purity. Sin leads to stupidity. One one commentator said this, Wisdom is the power... Oh, this is so good. Wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. Wisdom is the power to see the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. I've had a lot of victories in my life, glory to God, and they're all because of God. They're not because of Bill Marshall, because I I know Bill Marshall too well. They're because of God. And they're because I begin to seek what God would want and ask Him to help me and for the wisdom. And then He'd open this up. And He would give me the answer. And He would give me the victory. Because it all comes from right here, Brother Joey. I mean, it comes from here. As we truly want it. Preacher, I really need some answers in my life. Oh, well, you've been reading your Bible? Well, no, I really need answers. Well, you can find them in here. How's your prayer life? How's your everyday life? How's your thought life? What secret sins do you still have in your life? What are you hiding from other people? What is it in your life that you know that God wouldn't like, but you just keep on anyway? I mean, truly, friend, we say we want everything that God has to offer, and God is ready to give us what He has to offer. That's the thing. He is ready. Come on, He's a loving, caring, wonderful, gracious, merciful, forgiving Heavenly Father. He's ready to give us everything we need to have the victory in our life. He, he's, the one that, he's the one that gives us victory. Come on, power in the blood. He, he, he does that. But you don't, you can't, no, 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 please get that. You can't play games with God. You're seeking the Lord, trying to live for Him. You ask Him for wisdom, I guarantee you, He'll give it to you. And then you get in this book, He'll give you answers. He'll give you answers and direction and victories. I mean, it's incredible. There has to be that fear, that reverence of the Lord and of His Word. It's what He left for us. That kind of wisdom, the kind that will lead you to the highest goal, the goal that uh, God has for your life, it can only be gotten by God. Come on, this isn't something you can work for and stress for, and I'll just try to be the best I can be. I'll just try to be the best I can be. No, we have to try, I understand that, but not in our own power, in His power. We saw right here where Job said that this earth cannot produce wisdom. I hope that you've listened. There's no price that would be too high to obtain this kind of wisdom. But the only place that it can be gotten is from God. From God. When we truly decide that we want what He has to offer. Job reminded us that even though we may not always have 
um, answers to what goes on in our lives. And we may not be able to completely understand why things work in this world the way that they do. And even through all of that, we can maintain a healthy fear of God. And we can still have God's wisdom that will lead us to make the right decisions and keep us on the right path that keeps us close to Him. And as long as we're close to Him, we're going to do all right. We're going to do okay. Maybe you've been looking for answers in your own life for things going on, but you've not found them. Maybe you should switch gears and begin to ask God for wisdom. Maybe you should, uh, maybe you should ask God to search your heart and to help you to see anything that is um, standing in the way of you having what He wants you to have. Come on, this is no, no, no. Well, God just has favorites, you know. What well, I, I mean, I. Let me tell you who God's favorites are. God's favorites are the ones that are seeking them with, his whole, with their whole heart. That's who His favorites are. He's not a respecter of persons. He'll do for you what He does for anybody else. We just have to follow His direction. Who knows? You get His wisdom, it may just lead you to answers you're looking for. No answers? Seek God. He's got the answer for you, for sure. Let's stand. Would you stand with me? Thank you for being so attentive tonight. Thank you so much for that. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Piano's going to play here in a minute. The altar's already open. We're not going to have a show of hands tonight. I, I just ask you to do whatever God would have you to do. Father, bless now. We need wisdom. We need it. Because we need divine direction in every decision that we make. And Lord, as we have your wisdom, as we, as we seek you with our whole heart, as we turn away, as we repent of things in our life that should not be there, and as we seek you with our whole heart, and asking you for this wisdom, and then in your word of God, it's amazing, Lord, how you can give us answers, how you can direct us. And I don't know how you've spoken to folks tonight. I, my, my desire as yours is that they would just come and do business with you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's not about me. It's all about you. And I pray tonight folks would come. And I pray you'd give them direction. Pray you'd help them. I just pray you'd do it. Help them to do business. Real business. That'll help them be closer to you. Bless this time of invitation. We trust you're going to. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Many have come to the altar. You need to come.